right, so this is the first episode of the We Make Supplements podcast. We have Sean Marzalik, a mentor, a friend, and the CEO of STC Nutrition here with me today. How's it? Feels good, man. I, I like it. Yeah, I like what you did with the backdrop here. So let's uh, let's talk about STC. What's new this year in 2019? Uh, 2019, one of the biggest focus, focus we have this year um, is really expanding our capacity, uh, specifically on our capsule production. Uh, so we've been working pretty hard through the last uh, quarter of 2018 to cross-train some uh, people from powders and get them cross-trained uh, in the capsule production. Uh, we've actually ordered a new piece of encapsulation equipment that just arrived this week. Uh, excited to get that thing going. Is that the giant crate in the back? Uh, it's Yeah, it's in one of those. We also added some automation, uh, some uh, automated cap cap turners for, for the powder line. So, it, But it's one of the crates that you see back there. Um, just hired a new technician as well, encapsulation technician that started in December. Uh, so really we're focused on expanding out our, capac our capacity so we can kind of better service our customers. Sweet. So there's all these people launching these podcasts, right? I've seen yeah. fitness celebrities do it. I see, uh, you know, a couple of guys that have been out there for a couple of years doing it. Why are we launching this podcast? Well, you and I started talking about it um, and talking about how do we, what do we do differently here at SDC Nutrition, right? And we do a lot of things differently. Yeah, a lot, everything, right? Um, and we, we started talking about that and we said, well, why aren't we telling people what we do differently? And so, you know, I said, well, how, what's the best way to tell people? And uh, you told me, you said, look, we just talk about it and, and get it on audio and video and let people know what we're doing here. So that's, that's what started it. Yeah, I think when someone meets us, that's the biggest piece, right? When I met you guys, what, some seven years ago, uh, you were answering questions that no one else would, right? When I was launching my own brand and my own product line, you guys would explain to me what the ingredients were that like no one else would break down. I didn't even understand what excipients were when you put them in products. It's like basic stuff like that, that, that really makes SEC different. So I just think people need to see it and experience it. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Happy to, happy to do it too. All right. So I just got back from LA. I was at the LA Fit Expo this past week. It, it was amazing, right? It's a, a show that in its infancy, some people, some brands were supporting, but now you see manufacturing, manufacturers walking the show. You see distributors walking the show. And um, how, how do you think? Was it was it busier than the previous years? About oh, the same? It, it, it was growing? Packed. Yeah, it was packed. there, there cool. were lines. Uh, I mean, there's brands out there with like a good 100, 200 people in line. I mean, it's definitely not Olympia or Arnold yet, but it's a very niche show for, for that you know demographic yeah. in that community. But um, I, I met a couple of startup brands and they knew who I was. And uh, these guys asked me this one question over and over again. They're like, how do we know if um, someone on my team is an ace? Like. Uh, this is someone that we want to keep. This is someone that's good. And I guess there's some turnover happening over there right now. Okay. But um, this is a question I think you might have a good answer for it because you have a pretty large team out here. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing that I look for and, and usually can see with people, you know, quote, quote unquote aces on the team is they don't just bring me a problem, right? They bring me a problem and they also say, here's the one or two solutions that I think are best to solve this problem. So they're solving the problem. They're just kind of getting some uh, confirmation from me letting us talk about it if there's a couple solutions. But somebody that brings a problem and brings the solutions with them to talk about is is somebody that I think usually stands out for me. Okay. So <clears throat> I mentioned that, uh, you know, I have my own product line, right? And I use SCC as a manufacturer. Yep. But, um, you know, I'd like to say that I was a pretty educated uh, client of yours. You know, after having been with you for a few years, I understood uh, some supply chain things. I understood how to put it in a PO properly. We had SOPs. I feel like there's some brands out there that don't hear about SOPs. But um, you know, in this past year of meeting some of the clients and people at SEC, 
you know, I just, I wonder like, what are your, what are some things that surprise you when a client comes over and you know, it's someone that already has a pre-existing business and is working with other manufacturers? What are things that you find? Yeah, I mean, you know, so there's all kinds of different uh, things that are unique when somebody comes over from another manufacturer. Um, I think the one is that surprises me most is the communication. Um, we're, we're constantly communicating with the customer, letting them know what's going on. Not, it's not always good news, right? Things happen in business and in manufacturing. Uh, but being able to communicate with customers um, is one thing that I notice that shocks them, right? Because they're like, wow, you guys get back to us right away. You know, there's an email shot over within two hours, you're getting me an answer or at least saying, hey, I don't have the answer, uh, but I'll get it to you tomorrow. Um, I also think transparency in, in the pricing. Um, look, I mean, when it comes to running a business, you have to make a margin and you have to make money to stay in business. So I think a lot of uh, manufacturers try to come across as, you know, they're not making any money or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think what we do differently here is we sit down with our customers. We've kind of walk them through what our cogs are. Hey, here's what the cost of this product is to make. Here's what I need to make kind of margin I have to make at SDC, or I'm not even going to be in business next year to make your product. And you're going to have to find another manufacturer, right? So being able to walk through and getting, getting customers to understand what it costs to make a product, what their cogs should be, uh, and then helping them, you know, figure out from there how, what to sell to the wholesalers or the retailers is something that we can, you know, do do really well here. And we like to try to do with our customers. Yeah, I think you were definitely the first person that I met in the industry that told me the price of my products. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was shocked. I was like, you're only making how many points on this? Like on our end, we were making 50, 60, 70 points. And I'm, be I'm trying to beat you down for a quarter. And you're like, yo, listen, like, this is all I'm making. I'm like, oh, okay, you're only making 75 cents on this one like capsule product. I'm like, there's no point of even going into this then. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a that's a great point, right? I mean, people think that, you know, if you're especially if you're selling direct to consumer, right? The margins are are nice for for brands that are selling direct to consumer. They have their, you know, margins that they need to make when they're selling to distributors and stuff. Manufacturers, you know, we obviously have less marketing costs that go into it. So that that's a factor in the margin difference. But yeah, we're working on a very specific margin range. And as long as I stay in that range, I can stay in business and service our customers uh, the following year. And so I have no problem sharing that with our customers. All right. So here's another thing that really surprised me. So I, I come here, right? And I'm getting an understanding of, um, you know, the true reason why COGS are COGS. And, uh, you know, I never really experienced this on the client side where, you know, the price of protein changes yeah. year over year. I remember there was this giant hike in protein at one point and we were shocked. Like, you want to raise our prices by a dollar? Like, there's just no way we can do this. Granted, our, our margins were great, but we, you know, we were selfish as a client. But how are all these uh, things going on with like China's and like the trade embargoes and all that? How's it affecting yeah. manufacturers? How's it affecting clients? How do you think it affects the end consumer? Uh, yeah, great question. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely an impact uh, with the U.S. and China relations. You know, as a lot of people in this industry know, the amino acids and a lot of uh, those types of products uh, are predominantly ma manufactured in China. So there aren't options of, you know, U.S. manufacturers for, for some of these materials. Uh, so we are bringing in those materials that are specific. Um, and we did we did get notice in the fall uh, that they were um, you know there was a list of ingredients that were on the tariff list um, and they in increased the uh, cost of those materials by 10 percent just throwing on the tariff so um, I think in January uh, we were expecting another 25 percent increase on those uh, specific materials 
But I do believe the U.S. and China kind of came to a 90-day uh, truce where they were going to continue to negotiate, keep it at 10 percent, not not increase it another 25 percent. And so now we're all kind of just waiting patiently to see what happens uh, w within that 90 days to see how those tariffs affect. But look, I mean, you know, if you have a product, say an amino acid product, it's 90 percent of the product, there are amino acids in it and there's a 10 percent increase on those raw materials. They're getting passed along to the you know importer of those raw materials. They're getting passed along to manufacturers. And ultimately, they need to be passed along uh, to the brand owners and then the consumers. You know, that being said, when you're looking at a, a price increase, maybe to a cons maybe to one of our customers, it might be 40 cents on a unit of, of something, right? Uh, just using that as an arbitrary number. You know, ultimately, they're looking at a price increase to the consumer of maybe 80 cents if they're you know looking at 50 percent margin. So, I mean, on a you know a product that a consumer is paying 39 dollars for, maybe now they're paying 39.80. Um, as long as that's managed and communicated between us, the manufacturer and the brand owners, we can you know work together to get that increase passed along that to the consumer. And again, with with fairly fairly small impact. So when's the right time to tell a client like, like there's going to be a price increase or, you know, understanding that they might leave, right? Yeah. So other manufacturers might, might lie to them. They're not telling them that there's a price change. Well, uh, what's your advice on that whole situation or what's your perspective? Yeah, I mean, the sooner the better, right? The so as soon as you know that there's going to be increases, at least start having those conversations with the with the our customer. So, I mean, typically, sometimes we don't we don't get notice. Uh, uh, prices on a like a very specific raw material go up overnight. For the most part, on commodities like protein and different amino acids and things like that, or even with the tariffs, there's some notice. Um, and usually, there's like you can see about a quarter out. So, in Q4, if you know there's going to be price increases coming in Q1, the sooner you can let our customers know uh, that those price increases are coming, they could start, you know, doing the things they need to do to kind of pass that along or figure out how much they're going to absorb and pass along to either their distributor, wholesaler, or end consumer. Okay. So, I mean, no one wants to talk about pricing. So, let's switch the topic. All right. So, I got, a, I got a fun topic. All right. So, I remember when we first approached you, um, you helped me come out with the protein, some new flavors, some stuff I didn't even know the market was going to change. But um, you've always kind of had some insight on what's next. So, it's 2019. It's uh, January, end of the month. Are there any products that you think clients should be reaching out to us and saying, hey, you know, I, I need to launch this product this year. It's going to be a new product addition to our line. Yeah. Any suggestions? What, what do you see? Yeah. I mean, the, the three biggest things that we're seeing right now are the rise of collagen proteins. Um, that's something that, you know, it's it's incredible how many people are asking for it, um, not only from the brand side, but even from the consumer side, looking for collagen proteins and all the benefits that go along with that. Um, I also think, uh, you know, whether you believe in diets for whatever reason, whether it's for weight loss or whether it's just to kind of try to clean up your eating habits for a little while, the keto, the keto diet is definitely hot and trending right now. Uh, we're doing a lot of keto products. Uh, so that's something that I see probably for the foreseeable future, the next few years, that's going to continue to trend. Uh, and then one that, you know, there's a lot of talk in the industry about, and I think is something that people need to really start seriously considering is the, the full spectrum hemp oil. Uh, some people call it, you know, the CBD, but you know, there's full spectrum hemp oil, which is basically all the aspects of the plant, which is multiple cannabinoids, uh, as well as, uh, I believe over 50, some terpenes as well. And we get the full benefit of, of all those, uh, ingredients in, in a raw material. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I see continuously being in conversations with people. 
I see the the trends out there as far as what people are advertising and marketing. And so those are the three. If you wanted to talk about any one of those specifically, happy to. But uh, those are the top three that I'm seeing right now. Okay, and those are powders for the first two. And, and the last one could be a mix of different things, whether it's capsules, gel caps. Yeah. So for, for the collagen proteins, uh, you know, typically a powder base. I mean, some people put collagen in certain capsule products, but not to the volume that you need that you would get in, say, a shake. Um, and then the keto products. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing other, um, you know, things outside of protein and meal replacement shakes, different people are using the BHBs and, you know, pre-workouts and things like that. But what we're seeing a lot is the meal replacement shakes, which is a powder, uh, on the full spectrum hemp oil, uh, powders. Um, so people, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot more of people requesting, how does this stuff taste in BCAAs? How does it taste in say a recovery, uh, protein? We've done a lot of product development here and have made this stuff taste really good. That being said, we're also doing a lot of, um, you know, R and D product development with capsules, uh, in those capsules, we might be mixing it with other botanicals. Just an example might be, you know, putting it with valerian root or melatonin, and then you've got like a, you know, a, a sleep support product, uh, in a capsule form. And then there's all, there's also gel, uh, soft gels that are kind of, you know, pre-manufactured with some of the hemp oil suppliers. And, um, you know, those can be bottled in different milligrams as well. So speaking about sampling that whole process, <clears throat> what's like, the ideal way to work with a manufacturer uh, for sampling, right? I've, I've experienced it in every which way, shape or form, right? I've had to fly to the manufacturer to actually do it on site. I've done the 12 shipments back and forth. I've done the focus groups. I mean, what's the right way for someone to do it with SDC or you know, just in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does vary, right, on the scope of work and the size of the project. If somebody's looking for just a chocolate or vanilla protein, for example, um, I think that can pretty easily be done with starting the product development process after quotes are approved. Uh, we work in the lab, send them samples, kind of get some feedback. Usually, I mean, there's, you know, hundreds of different chocolates and vanilla flavors that somebody could say, I want it a little bit more sweet. I want a little bit more dark chocolate. But usually after one round of feedback, if they're not spot on what the customer wants. Uh, we can usually tweak them once and get them out samples via the, the mail or UPS and get that process closed pretty quickly. If you're talking about a project where there's, you know, seven, eight, 10 different pro products being in product development at one time, maybe some different materials are being used, some botanicals and things that are gonna have a lot of feedback. A lot of times there, we might send out a round, get some feedback on some of it, figure out how close we are to the customer's expectations. Uh, and then what we typically like to do is invite, invite the potential customer in, bring them in uh, to, to Pittsburgh, you know, have them stay overnight, visit our facility, come in the next day, take a tour, meet everybody that's here. Um, and then we can really do live sampling while they're here. We bring them into the conference room uh, while our people are back in the lab doing the product development and we're bringing up round after round. And uh, we've, we've had success sometimes within, you know, a two or three hour session where we're getting 12, 13, 14 products approved on site over a few hours that might've taken weeks or even a month or two uh, sending back and forth through the mail. Sweet, so I think that wraps it up for today. I know there's tons of other things that we could uh, shed some light on with transparency. There's other topics that we're going to be getting into in other episodes. Yeah. I know you got some really special guests lined up. They're going to be flying in from all across the country, a couple of international guys. Let's just um, you know keep everyone home, staying tuned, and uh, they'll be able to follow this journey and, and everything that we're doing on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I mean, all our handles are We Make Supplements or they're going to be SEC Nutrition. 
And, um, you know, we look forward to seeing everyone's comments. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate your time today. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing this uh, podcast and We Make Supplements uh, continue to evolve and, and really bring some value to, to the industry.